Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to Cosmic Reality on November 15th, 2022. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva, Dolly Howard, and Nicholas D. Everybody, thank you for being here. And Walter, thank you for being here again. We did a Shungite show this morning. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, I got you muted. Got you muted. I'm sorry. Apologize. Oh, there you go. There you go. You can talk now. <laughs> you know, it's kind of it's it's kind of a power trip to be able to keep people from talking. Oh maybe, yeah. Maybe I should get a job with Twitter or Facebook or something. With big tech, yeah, that's what I was about <laughs> to say. <laughs> oh god. Maybe we should just get together, and when you say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I had you muted," we should just not say anything for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew you were a brat. <laughs> You get everybody else in trouble, don't you, Dolly? Uh, who, me? Well, you... know, sent to me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, um, Walt's here and Dolly's here. You can hear Dolly because she just said something. Nicholas is here. Nicholas hey, D. my mic is working. Yes. Good, good, good. Um, I have no clue as to what we're going to talk about today, except we've got some interesting things. Uh, well, Dolly, why don't you tell people what you think about, well, after this show, there's a, an announcement. Tell, you give people your opinion of it. My opinion? <laughs> Are they prepared? Well, they know me. They should be. I think it's a bunch of BS. Here we go again. Oh, I'm going to make a big-ass announcement. Y'all got to pay attention now. You're not telling them who. You're not telling them who. Trump Trump is making a big... The guy I like. The guy I loved all these years. I'm so just... I'm just so pissed at him right now. But that doesn't mean I don't love him. I'm just pissed at him right now. Because this, this has gone on long enough. And rather than do anything, say anything, or show people anything, all these years it's a promise here, a promise here, a promise. And they're all broken. Don't tell me you're going to do something, then you don't do it. In my book, you're erased. I'm trying not to erase him. I'm trying to keep the faith in him. But if he gets on there and says, oh, I'm announcing I'm going to run in 2026, that's it. I'm done watching everything. I'm over it. I'm just over this game. Dolly, it's 2024, not 2026. What? Oh, oh. see, I don't even know what year I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and I get a little excited when I get upset. But what, 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 what promises has he broken to you? Well, it's always, oh, we're going to do this do, on this date. Do, no, 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 no. Trump does not do that. 
Trump is not the one that puts out these dates and said we're going to do this, that, or the other. He doesn't do that. It's not how the game is played. You never let them know what's happening. And now, now he's playing the game with DeSanto. DeSantis. Oh, DeSantis. Yeah. Yeah, him too. And um, it. here we go. More games. More games. I'm tired of the games. I guess the persons I should be upset with is the ones who refuse to accept what's going on. At this point, they have to know these things are happening. They're just denying and won't accept it. And those are the ones I should be pissed at. Not this, not the game because so Gary Lake the lost the, the election? Hmm? Carrie Lake lost the election. Isn't that the lady that you and Nancy were in love with? No. She w- the election was stolen from her, Walt. She uh, didn't she didn't lose it. They it finally okay. announced it? Yes. I knew that I knew she would be a loser. I mean she was too good. She is too good. And I know that this will get fixed, straightened out. I know they're playing this game. But see, this is one of the reasons I'm just freaking exhausted. I'm over the games. Well, yeah, but think of it this way, Dolly. With Carrie Lake no longer going to be, well, I mean, they'll, they'll contest it and everything. But maybe maybe Trump will say, and I want Carrie Lake as my vice president. Nope, doesn't matter. She's <laughs> supposed to be the governor. And they... Mm-mm. I'm trying not to use the F word. They, they messed with her. What state is she in? Arizona. Oh. One of the most dishonest places in the world. Remember last week, the posse said that uh, whatever needed to be played out was going to play out for the uh, midterm election, and I guess that's what they were talking about. Oh, they tell me things, and then I, I forget. But I'm still ticked off that this game has gone on so long. But yet I'm not. I can't be ticked off because I know it's going to go on forever and ever more. But I, I think I'm. Boy, if, if I was younger and if I had the equipment inside my body, I would say that this is that time of the month. That's the kind of mood I'm in, so look out. Oh, jeez. Okay. We'll walk on eggs, eggshells. <laughs> just uh, don't walk on eggs. Just just expect that I probably will blow my frickin' top again. <laughs> and I'm trying to try my best not to. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, no, I guess a lot of you may go back and listen to the Shungite show, but a lot of you probably didn't hear the Shungite show. And we had Solaris Blue Raven on. Solaris is somebody who a decade, decade ago, over a decade, began to write about her experiences as someone who was targeted by let's say, uh, nefarious forces and being manipulated with mind-control devices that were 
essentially electromagnetic. Uh, she came to call it artificial telepathy. She's gone into, I mean, she is just really one of these people that is, she's one of a kind, she has had more experiences, and I highly recommend that you listen to the Shanghai show, which we'll replay right after this one, to get the to get a taste of what, what Solaris knows and what she's done. She's written a lot of books, and she has two radio shows, two different stations. So um, I suggest that you listen to that. Well, you got to put your ears on fast mode <laughs> because she talks really, really, really fast. And uh, it's a good show, y'all. It really is. I love the exchange that was going on between her and Walt. Well, and, she must be twin sister to um, Marianne Williamson, the lady who wrote the uh, cor the Course in Miracles. I mean, I've, I've heard her, in, in someone gave me a tape of her. It's like listening to Solaris Blu-ray. It's the same speed. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> but I highly recommend you all to listen to it because it was a good show all the way through it. Well, one of the things that we talked about was something that had happened to uh, me on Saturday night after Say What. And yes, I'm repeating myself, but it's such an interesting story. Um, I have a lot of security on the, on the computer, so I try to turn the Internet off last because if I turn it off first, it goes into security checks all over the place and it keeps me from shutting down anything else in the computer until the security runs. So I always try to do that last. Saturday, I hit the button taking the internet down, and as I did, I said, oh, shit. And all of a sudden, I hear, ha, ha, And it was a 20 to 30-year-old man's voice, and I'm telling you, it came out of the computer. <laughs> it did not come over the internet because the internet had shut down. I mean, it was fast, but it was, I don't think it came over the internet. It felt like it was in my, it felt like I, I actually turned and looked at the left side of the screen. Now, I've got a, you know, the computer has got a big screen. Left side of the screen, it almost felt like the dang thing was in the left side of the screen. But I don't know. The, the speaker's kind of over there. Maybe it only came over one speaker. It, w it was just so bizarre. So I said something on the Shanghai show. And because I was talking about it, Derek um, just sort of like followed what I was saying, and he ended up doing what would be considered a remote view, but in his mind it's remote per perception because it's not just viewing it. It's perceiving all sorts of other things like, you know, the different energy levels of the people and, you know, he says perceiving. It's a remote view. <laughs> so, but anyway, he did it. And he came back and he said, uh, well, I mean, he said, he says that, yeah, he said, I, he, I asked him, I said, can you describe the person that you saw? Because he, he could even see the person. And he described that person that he saw, that he thought was the one that did it. And then um, he started looking around, and he was talking about the people that were in this. He said it's like a, 
a tin can. Like, so, what did he use? I think he said a can. What was the term he used? Do you remember, Dolly? Walt? Uh, like a container box? Yeah, or? but it was it was metal. It was like some kind of a metal. Yeah. And, um, and it was underground. So all of a sudden, then he says, oh, uh, they're aware that I'm here. And Solaris starts yelling, shut them down, shut them down, <laughs> you know. And so Derek is, is went and did it, he shut them down. And everything went black in the, uh, the contain, contain, container, is what he was calling it, metal container. And everything shut down in the container, like the lights went out, like they lost their electricity or something. And, and before we started this show, I said, well, Derek shut it down because Solaris was screaming at him. She's, she's seen too much of this to say, you know, I said in an explanation, her, her attitude is, until you prove you're a friend, I want you shut down. And so Derek shut him down. Um, I, I was not afraid of what, what happened. I knew, I knew it came through my ears. It did not come through my head. It was my ears, and I, I I was like, okay, I don't feel any negativity associated with it. It was like, it, the voice was clear, it was funny, I mean, he, I, in fact, I said shit may have triggered him and he didn't realize the a mic was open somehow, I don't know. I have no idea why, but I think that the episode was allowed to... Uh, you know, manifest in order to get us to have that discussion regarding, you know, how how does this stuff all work? You know, who's listening? Who isn't listening? Where are they? Now, Solaris has had um, experiences that are very dark, very difficult, and so she's in a heightened sense of, I don't want to say paranoia, but awareness of her surroundings. Uh, I've had a lot of really good experiences. I've been very, very blessed. I'm open about that. I am extremely blessed that I haven't had to go through all of the scenarios or even a partial scenario of what she went through in her life. So I I was kind of miffed that they shut them down because I, we didn't know if they were good guys or bad guys. For all I knew, they were good guys sitting there watching my computer, making sure that it's not taken over. But, but you heard me, I asked I ask that question, and he had an answer for it. What? I, I said, were you able to sense their intentions? And he said, oh, that's very interesting that you ask that, because he sends a, a, a ball of love. So he says, if their intentions are good and pure, then that energy would have helped them, and they would have an even better communication. On the contrary, I didn't, I didn't, tell them I didn't all have their energy shut down I just sent the ball of love it was the love that shut it down so he didn't he didn't shut them down love did it and that's that's so if they if these people have been good and positive the love would have given them an even better communication on the contrary they got shut down completely so that well, goes to sh what I was there when all this was going on, I was just kind of in the shadows. Oh, you, oh, you were speaking? Yes, I was. I was spying. And when he said it was shut down, there was something up in the corner. Uh, 
the only way I can describe it is like a little uh, spy camera up in the corner. It didn't have any lights on it, but it was it was darker than the rest of the dark, so that's how I knew it was there. And I focused in on it, and whatever that was, it was an electrical device. It was not turned off. So not everything was off. So the end result is that the guys are still bad. I don't know if they were bad, though, Walt, because I didn't feel any bad. Well, then, yeah. I think your interpretation of what Derek did was in error. Let me put it to you that way. Because, yes, he does that any time he goes into those kind of a situation. But I didn't see that he that he thought the love turned it off. Because he, what he did was he threw up his left hand and boom, the power went out, but he also had that image in his hand that he sent me a picture of and I didn't get an I didn't get a chance to to work on it to be able to get it up for the show. But he felt it. And then he looked at his hand and he had this weird thing on his hand. So Do you think that's retaliation? No, I think that what happened was it was, to me, the only thing that would have done that was an organ burst. Okay, so when he did the organ burst, because it's, he's used, not, he's not taking the organ from his body and shooting it through his arms or his hands. That's not what's happening. He's focusing on creating a power surge to put out whatever shut him down that's what his purpose was and what he did was he just put his hand up and sent a power surge he probably wasn't thinking how to do this and everything he just did it you know these things so he put it up he puts his hands up and what happened was that he he would the, the manifestation process would have caused the organ in and around surrounding him and remember he's in a highly highly uh the organ energy in that area is very, very intense. And I think that it wasn't anything coming back at him. I think when he let the, the when he concentrated the organ and then just released it, that that's what it was. It was like a kickback into his hand that caused, uh, you know. So the jury is still out whether these guys were good or bad? I think they were good. I didn't feel any bad from them. I didn't. So it, in the laugh, in, I heard the laugh. In my mind, that means they're good. Yeah. I heard the laugh. The laugh didn't have anything but humor in it. But from what, from Dolly's uh, assessment, it, it's like somebody is spying on the spies? Well, yeah, that's what they would do anyway. Because oh. it's a network. And they put these people in this little thing and they give them a little bit of, you know, you got to listen to that or do that or protect this or whatever. But they're all, in today's situation, they're, they're always connected and monitored. It's a security camera. They're looking at everybody, you know. So, but that, again, that doesn't indicate to me that that is nefarious. It's just, you know, what it is. So it's very interesting, anyway. Because uh, right, just to make it, Nancy, just to make it clear, are we talking about a physical entity or non-physical entity that was uh, listening? No, this was physical. 
We're talking 3D. Physical. Okay. Yeah. And 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 it was I was just sitting here listening to what Derek was saying because the person that I connected to or felt um I thought he was blonde-haired. I didn't think he was black-haired like Derek saw. Um so I, I and I can't I can but I I'm not sure of it so I got to kind of ponder on why was that. But anyway, um the, the energy was very very 3D energy. It came through my ears. And it came over the computer, the speaker. So, it's like I just didn't feel that they they were the enemy. I felt like, you know, there was you know, right now we're in a kind of a a critical point in that it is a it is a, a spiritual battle in that it's not just 3D. There's a lot of other things that are happening. Well, if you remember this morning, uh, Solaris on the second hour of the Shanghai show, she said that um, she started perceiving uh, shadow people recently. Right. And a couple of days ago, I, I kind of, uh, it caught my attention when you, she said that, because a couple of days ago, uh, I was deep asleep, and suddenly I became super aware of a growling, a non-human growling that woke me up. And I went from a, a state of deep sleep to totally awake uh, while being conscious of of the transition it's like in my sleep i became aware i heard the growl and then i woke up while i was conscious of the the, the going from deep sleep to awake and <clears throat> my interpretation of this is it, it must have been some non-physical entity that i've perceived or the the veil is thinning and and uh, i i got to yeah hear that growl it wasn't a human growl not at all. So when she said that she started uh, perceiving uh, shadow people recently because of the thing of the veil, well, that might be what I've perceived a couple of days ago. It's uh, I don't know if you guys have experienced uh, similar uh, things of, of uh, feeling entities, uh, the thinning of the veil and, and perceiving things you didn't really perceive before. Uh, I'm, I, I talked about it on, on the Shanghai show that when, when she was talking about the shadow people, because, and this was an interesting um, perspective, <laughs> perspective that she had. She's talking about being in between, like dimensions, and I can understand that concept because... I don't think of it as dimensions, I think of it as timelines. But it seems to me that we have all these timelines. Um, okay, way back in 2012, when we went through the singularity between essentially the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius, easiest way to think about it, when we went through that singularity, we initially went through into it with only two timelines, two dominant timelines. One was the goody two-shoes where you send and you go someplace, and the other one was um, doom and gloom. 
But as soon as we hit the 2012 demarcation point between the two, every single timeline imaginable was now again there. But by April, they had all collapsed. But instead of only having the two, there was a third one. And the third one is us. You know, the, the, the alternative reality to... I don't believe in the goody two-shoe thing. I mean, it's like you're going to ascend, you're going to leave the planet in this mess, and you're going to ascend to go where? You, you know, take responsibility. You know, this planet's ascending, for crying out loud. You know, what are you talking about? Clean up the mess here. I mean, when you move out of a house, you don't leave it in a mess, do you? You clean it up before you go on to whatever. And the doom and gloom thing is just, no, been there, done that, not going to do it again. So we've got this wonderful new opportunity to build a reality that we all really want. And so it seems like a simple thing, you know, okay, so we just start focusing on this one and it should all come together. And I think that's where the frustration Dolly's probably talking about is that we we figured we've got a, a pathway to getting through this without an extreme, extreme amount of turmoil. But we seem to be getting into extreme turmoil. The only thing that's going to get us through this is using our consciousness and our minds and begin to use our imaginations to play the game. And what I mean by that is like, okay, we didn't get all the the good people, the senators and the, the House of Representatives that we would have liked. So that avenue that had seemed so probable was taken away. So maybe that's an indication that, okay, that's not the way to go. Don't try to push the 3D scenario. Look again to the concept of energy and energy beings. And that it's much, the alternative path, hopefully it'll work, is to look at the House of Representatives and see a huge buckyball around the, the, the room, a huge buckyball around the building. Fill it with love so that they, the negative energies, you know, clean it out. Clean out the energies that are there. And then hopefully the people will wake up. You know, a lot of these people go in there with really good ideas and good good hearts, and then they just, in my opinion, they've been 5G'd from the get-go. They're probably under control with a lot of this thing. It's quite possible, and why not, if you can do it? So I think we're at a, a demarcation point um, of going from, you know, worrying and focusing on the 3D and we need to turn our attention into it's a thought warfare you know i'm going i'm going to love you until you see what we see <laughs> and um i'm just throwing that out there anybody got any comments or did you fall asleep well you no, no. brought up the uh i don't know what you brought up but it made me it triggered my mind back to when I was watching Fox very briefly, um, I saw they showed the Capitol, and and part of the 
and over the front of part of the Capitol, there was this white covering. Does anybody know what is that white covering? Why is it there? I haven't been watching Nancy Drew or I haven't been doing anything along the lines of keeping up with what's going on lately. And so I had no idea there was anything over the Capitol. You guys don't know either, huh? I, I, I've seen, like, construction stuff around the Capitol. Like, uh, plywood fencing or something. But I don't, I have not seen exactly what you said. But mm. there's other people reporting, other than Nancy Drew, that, you know, there's nothing happening in D.C. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> You know, um, oh, but the White House says, oh, yeah, right. Houses don't talk. So, um, nobody's going to comment on on the idea that we've got to change the way we're looking at life. Well, for sure. Oh, sorry. Go on. Uh, I just want to respond to uh, what Nancy said. Um, yeah, about the entity, that uh, growling entity. I thought of uh, Dolly's uh, recommendation of, of throwing love blankets. So I guess um, that mind war that you're talking about, Nancy, the love blankets could be the uh, the solution you know, to anything we encounter, these uh, non-physical entities that we encounter, especially now because it seems like they're all brought into the light right now, so the love blankets is a, a nice welcome gift for them. <laughs> I actually think of of a C60 fullering, and it's it's full of love, you know. But I don't think of a blanket. I think more of the you know the structure of the C60, that because the C60 you can <clears throat> make it small, you can make it big. And, you know, you can do whatever you want in your own imagination. But the C60, the geometry of it, it's um, a geometry that enhances manifestation. Because the C60 is at the heart of all the, let's say, the, the beginnings of life is C60, in my opinion. Um so I do use that image. But the fact of the matter is, is you can use any image you want. It doesn't have to be a love blanket. It could be, you know, just fill your your aura with so much love that it would affect everybody. It, it, everybody's unique. And just use your imagination. What works for you? But continually do it. it it's not particularly hard, but you have to persist. You have to continually do it. And every time you get triggered and something's not going right, you know, just center yourself and put, you know, a, a full arena of love over yourself or a blanket or, you know, just ask for a hug. You've got all sorts of spiritual tools that are energy tools in the etheric and in the cosmic sense of energy. That That's what the dark side is afraid of, is that we're all going to work wake up to the fact that we are energy beings and they're going to have a hell of a time trying to stop energy beings because if you're going to be an energy being and you want to be successful 
you reach for the only tool this that's pretty perfect and that's love and it doesn't have to be the concept of love it's the it's the frequency of love it's the frequency of gratitude and appreciation and uh, care all of those things are a frequency and that frequency when you allow that frequency to take over you you're a very dominant force in the room because negative stuff just doesn't handle that and it, the people that have a lot of it you know if they've got the strength they'll walk out of the room but the others you're 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 changing them just because you are manifesting the energy of the source god whatever the source god is you know and I was going to say, we we are energy and we have souls that God gave us. Yeah. Yep. And they want them. Protect your souls. Just love. Love, love. Yep. So, um, I don't know what Trump is going to announce. Uh, we'll see. Oh, will somebody, will one of you listeners please double check on the time tonight for Trump's announcement? Thank you. I'm going to oh, let us know. <laughs> you folks are expecting uh, um, that he's going to announce his uh, candidacy for the 2024 presidential election? Oh, no, I just said that. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, Nick. I was just saying, if I was, I was rambling in a rant. Now, what about if he comes out and he says, my fellow citizens, um, we're about to show you stuff, and he, it, uh, kind of a pre-EBS message. What's EBS? The emergency broadcasts, oh, uh, broadcast oh. system, or maybe he's going to come out, uh, you know, setting the table up for information disclose some kind of disclosure about uh, what what's been happening maybe saying that the military has been working in the background uh trying to to counter the uh, the cheating that was going on in the election and maybe even larger the the deep state concept or you folks feel it might be uh, this announcement that he might be doing I wouldn't put it past him because everybody thinks it's, see, when Trump does these things, everybody starts to think a certain way, and a lot of times it doesn't pan out that way. He sets people up to do this. I mean, he, he wrote the book about it, The Art yeah, of the, the well, Deal. Yeah, and there's The Art of War as well, to, to appear weak while he's strong. Um... It's very interesting because tomorrow, okay, we have Radio 5G on Wednesdays. And Michael Henry Dunn and I started this back in February of 2019. And we brought in quite a few guests because at that time, very few people knew about what 5G was and all of the other things. So we brought guests in. But then it were like exploded. Within three months, it exploded. And there were all sorts of people out there. I mean, your head kind of spun. And so it was more uh, efficient to just take uh, 
things that this, these people had already done and replay them for our own, our own audience and then talk about them. Well, now Michael's <clears throat> uh, off doing something. His sister Sarah that stood in for a while, I don't know w what's up with her. So I've decided that instead of playing the old replays, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have another, every other week it's going to be other people's voices, but it's the Radio 5G show. So tomorrow we're going to have a very interesting discussion between Dr. Lee Merritt and this guy named Derek Johnson. And both of them are military people. And apparently Derek, I mean, he's new on the scene. I just heard about him. Apparently Derek has been out there taking apart the visual effects, the story that they've got up there, and the clues to what's really happening. He goes down to talk, they got to talking about the election. And we all knew at the time that the, uh, the not the election, the inauguration for Biden, we all knew at the time that this was as phony as phony could be. The, if you looked at the video that was being presented, the only thing, the, the, the camera was like miles away, <laughs> you know, and there weren't very many people there at all you know maybe a few hundred and they're all up there and and it was everything about it looked phony but then again they actually saw that panned canned inaugural in Europe eight hours before it was supposed to have happened so there were a lot of things about it that were just wrong but he took it apart from like the, what they were wearing the soldiers were wearing and he's pointing out that this is not even a, 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 a you know, an accepted uniform. <laughs> and so he, she, they talk about that. They talk about a whole bunch of other things, the symbolisms with the flags and, you know, why, what, do you remember when the White House was uh, flying the American flag and the prisoner of war flag? He, he talks about that a little bit. But he presents a... He's coming from the position that this manual that I believe was published in 2019 by the Department of Defense, and it's called the um, Law of War. And this other guy, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, he came out and he's somebody that was, uh, I think he said he was autistic, but he had this ability to look at ex extreme amount of data and then figure out what it meant. And he's trying to explain to people that this this book, this book that lays out what you need to do in a situation of occupation, and it's confusing. It actually, Lee Merritt had the same confusion I had. Who's occupying? Is it U.S. forces occupying or is it enemy forces occupying? Because the, the kid was presenting it as enemy forces occupying. And you go down the list. You start with 1-1 one, one and you go and you go and you go. And it is an absolute blueprint for the things we've seen unravel and cre be created within the 3D world. It, and he, he's like, you know, he's, he's, you can actually <clears throat> get a link to the, to the uh, PDF on the, on the book, I believe. So, 
what he's saying is that right now the indications that he's seeing uh, indicates that there the, the the military is working up to something that it seems to be coming to a head so that that's part of it and the other part of the that show is uh, Mike Lindell and he had a whole slew of cyber uh, people out there now there was a group of cyber uh, US cyber military cyber security people who had been sent to the states the various states that are considered the swing states the ones that seem to have a lot of problems with their elections and it wasn't clear to me if this is where he got the information or if his own people were able to infiltrate it. I, I wasn't sure. But he's got charts, and he shows where <clears throat> in the last elections and in the 2020 election, where you got, you know, somebody's, uh, like at one case, all of a sudden there was a tremendous number of votes when they began for this one candidate. And then it was like a, a straight line, and it was above the a competing candidate. And then the competing candidate was making headway. It kept getting closer and closer. And so then there was another influx. I mean, you look at the charts and you go, they don't even look right. Because there's all these big dumps of, of votes on for somebody. And he, they, he demonstrated uh, some of these charts and they talked about it. But they have a lot more information on what happened in these, this just this recent one because they knew how they were doing it. And Lindell is very happy, and if Mike is happy, well, I'm happy. So there's a lot of things happening at the 3D level that we just don't need to bother Yeah, there us. was this weirdness about uh, this candidate that uh, lost 20,000 votes. Yeah, where was that? Uh, it was like numbers. I can't remember the state, but <clears throat> overnight, the uh, the the number of votes dropped for this one candidate dropped by twenty thousand. So, well, you know, that was the, that, how do you lose twenty thousand votes? That was an interesting one because it was actually the Democrat candidate who lost the votes, because it seems like the computer or whoever was trying to run the computer put too many votes in there were there were more votes than voters and so they suddenly realized it so they took out enough 20,000 or so to still keep the guy but just a hair above the other one but I found that very interesting that's why I remember it it was a Democrat that that happened to so because they've got it they've got and that's one of the things that Mike Lindell was talking about you have to make sure that the numbers don't get too outrageous otherwise people are going to say oh how did you get that you know but he also said and he was he was like it was just like but now he said it was much more difficult in 2020 to figure out what was happening but now they're seemingly blatant about what they're doing they're not even trying to hide it. Desperate is the, I guess, is a better word. They're desperate, so anything they could do, you know, even removing 20,000 votes and announced on TV, I mean, everybody can see it now. Well, a lot of people saw it. Well, the Trump, the, in the Trump election, 2020, 
Dolly was watching the numbers and Trump dropped 20,000 and Biden picked up 20,000 as she watched it. At the same moment in time, at the same second in time, that's what gave me my heart attack. So, I don't know. You know, it's it's a very interesting world we're living in. <laughs> well, if, if we go back again to what the posse said last week, you know, the feeling I got when they said that what whatever needs to happen is going to happen is this operation of, of exposing the fraud, the cheating. And I guess that's what's happening. Uh, there was this other instance of... Um, Vote ratios being uh, identical, I think it was in Arizona, a bunch of numbers came out, and if you compare the ratio, I think from Democrat to Republicans, they were identical, and this is a statistical impossibility, that's another in-your-face, well, it could be desperate, or it could be white hat control to wake up the people, but... I think Mike Lindell might have spoke about this uh, identical uh, ratio. I guess the, the more angles you look at it, the more you find that it just doesn't make sense. The whole thing is rigged from A to Z. It's all rigged. It's It would be hard to, to explain Arizona, that's for sure. <laughs> you know? I mean, my God. Uh, it's a funny place. So, um, well, what, what, what do you guys want to talk about? I mean, we don't want to bore our, our listeners with the same old, same old. We don't know what's happening. <laughs> but there is an announcement tonight. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Dolly, what's... Um, go ahead. I, I was hoping that you would ask Solaris uh, her thoughts on the moon. You didn't get to it. You didn't have time. Um, there was, oh yeah, I've been thinking about this for a while, and I think it's dangerous. What, and Russell keeps whispering in my ear about it, is there a dome that surrounds the earth If so, how close is it to the Earth? How far is it away from the Earth? And if so, does it have certain places that open up and let other things from the other rest of the universes come in at it? Like, okay, you can come in on Wednesday at noon, but you better do it in 10 minutes because we're going to close that door right away. Or, and you uh, haven't asked the posse? And um, is, how do the rocket ships get out of this if there's a dome? The posse won't tell me that. Well, Why? That's one of the that? things they won't tell me. 
But they must have a, you can, why, well, you can ask why. Can't they answer why, can't you tell me? Because there's a lot of, we've been over this before. Okay, let me do it again. Just a minute. It is because I'm eating my, my double buttered popcorn. Um, it is because there are things in this world, in our lifetimes, that we that what you cut off is everybody there is everybody gone i'm here here but i'm i think we lost dolly <laughs> things that oh, they cannot not, share with us right, we, we don't know you you've been out of you You've been gone for like over 10 seconds and we I don't know what you said. Hello. We lost you Dolly for a few seconds like 20 15 20 seconds. We still don't have her. And we have that background noise again. Uh-oh. Hey, no gremlins are allowed on our show. <laughs> Go away gremlins. Maybe she flew away on her special ship or something. Well, that's interesting. I guess well, I guess the posse doesn't want to talk about it, Walt. <laughs> to the point. Well, that, that's subject for another show, isn't it? <laughs> well, let's hope she can get back to this one. Well, uh, just a, a observation on what she said. She she, she was, uh, Dolly was asking about a dome. To me, it it implies that uh, the a dome goes over a flat surface. So, would that be on the premise that the Earth is flat and it has a dome over it? Oh God! Uh, the only the only time I've heard somebody make some kind of a coherent explanation for this concept was the concept of the filaments in the Bible, and I don't remember. Uh, I'm not familiar with that concept. Well, there's something in the Bible about filaments and being this, you know, essentially that there's something above us that we're in a container of some sort or something around us. I'm, I've never really understood it, but when this person was explaining it as, uh, you know, the possibility of this dome kind of thing, it kind of made sense. But I don't know where she's getting this information because I haven't heard anybody talking about that. Is, have you, Walt? There are some, uh, I, I haven't paid attention to it because it makes no sense to me whatsoever, so I didn't bother looking into it. But yeah, there's a, the same way that you have these flat earthers going around talking that we live on a pizza. There are these people that, that the, the sky that you see is not a real sky, it's just some dome overhead. And it's like, okay, then how do they get meteorites to come down into the planetary surfaces if... If you got something, some covering, wouldn't it be hitting the dome? Or, or meteorites are allowed to pass free of charge <laughs> anywhere they want. The dome would automatically shut, you know, make a, an energy hole. Or, I mean, you make up stories, you can, you can come up with any argument to make, make it sound plausible. It's just, some of it is just beyond 
Okay, I don't know. I don't get it. The, the whole flat earth thing, as soon as I heard it several years ago, it felt like, no, right away I felt it, it didn't this resonate at all with me. I keep getting disconnected. So this morning they were uh, spying on Nancy, and today they're in, in doing intrusion on uh, the sheriff. That's not fair. Okay, people out there, just leave things alone. We're having a conversation here. My, my question about the flat earthers is that, is anybody listened to what they say? I mean, the, base, the basic people tell me stuff and I go, that's not even scientifically correct. You know, um, do they have any basis for this? Because there's an awful lot of people that are just like swallowed the Kool-Aid on that subject. And they'll fight you. Does anybody know more about these people? I mean, or we just, no, we don't believe in it. To me, it felt like a PSYOP. This was information that was put out there to confuse people. It was intuitively clear, very clear to me when I first heard it. So the whole oh. dome thing is, I don't know. I, Dolly, are you back? Not, I'm open, but we'll see. You know. I'm back. It's freaking spectrum. Boy. Oh. They always disconnect me. Every time, all the time. Oh, boy. Okay, but anyway, I answered it in chat, Walt. That's more like an opinion than an answer, because it, it's... <laughs> my, my real question is, you know, why? Why, why, why can't you answer... You know, is are, are you going to break the reality? Are you going to create a, a giant psycho, psychotropic malfunction that's going to bring everything to a screeching halt? I mean, is this subject so critical, so psychologically sensitive that answering anything about it is going to? I don't. I don't know. That's that's but the part that confuses me. Well, I can't answer it because they don't give me the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Are you arguing? You. Is, is he arguing with the posse? Yes. 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 And I'm in the frickin' middle. Is he? <laughs> is he having his period too? He must be. <laughs> oh, he must be. I'm not gonna argue it anymore. I told you what the posse said, and I can only do. I can only tell you what I know. What the posse will tell me. When they won't tell me, I can't tell you. <laughs> it's very it's very simple. Reality is what you think it is. They can't tell you what it is because it's whatever we think it is. Yeah. That okay. Majority so wins. The, so the answer is very simple. There is no dome because that's the answer that I want. Huh? Doesn't make it any easier, does it? <laughs> well, it does for you, doesn't it? Yeah, it works for me. I mean, if you want a dome, great. That means your car won't get wet in the rain because you have a raw dome covering everything. So No, they got the great. weather below the dome. <laughs> oh. They got the weather below the dome. dome. I don't know oh. what to think. And actually, I don't really care. I was just curious. But my curiosity on that can last maybe three seconds at times. 
some things I just don't give a lot of thought to, but then when I have people that uh, think along lines that I do, then I think, oh, I can ask them what they think, And but if you don't have an answer, or if you have an answer that you like, I'm happy that you have the answer that you like, and so I just let it well, go. I, it's like what I say regarding this, this, uh, psy, this uh, psyops of the flat earth. Okay, how does your life change? How does your life get better or worse, depending on what you believe is where you live? How does, you know, how does, okay, does it believing that you're in a flat on a pizza, uh, oh, pro, the cabal is going to go away and we're all going to be free and happy? What is it? You know, how does your reality get better? How does life improve by having this change in your, in your, in your perception of what reality is? Because you just said the reason why I don't fuss over it. Yeah. Yes. We can agree on that. Yeah. Cool. Some people, some people get get attached to these concepts, and they they're willing to fight you to the death. And for what? Okay. So, so that is what makes you. That's what makes me believe it's a psyop. It's a it's a mental. It's a collective mental manipulation to see how far you can take the herd. See if we can make this cow, these cows walk this way or walk that way, depending to see how they how they defend some outrageous concept that they throw. Yeah. It's part of the uh, gaslighting, the whole gaslighting thing yeah. that uh, they've been throwing and, at us. And while the herd is busy discussing on whether we're living on a ball or on a pizza, they can get away with whatever they want because they're, they're busy doing their crap in the background. That's why they're not bothering to hide the uh, all the manipulation with the voting. I mean, the oh, the oh, the cows are so distracted with their discussions and their arguments. We can go ahead and do whatever we want. want. I mean, you can't get any more blatant. Well, I think they do it because they got away with it before, so we'll get away yeah. with it again. <laughs> Why bother but, hiding it? But at the same time, I think they're pooping in their pants because they're yeah. so scared because a lot of them are being taken out, have been taken out, and are being taken out. So, I don't know. I just see it as one big movie that I have no clue What's going to happen in, when I turn the next page? Or even what's going to happen in the next paragraph? I'm just sitting here eating my double-buttered popcorn. Well, maybe they need guys. to hide outside the dome, then nobody will see them, then, you know, they can't get arrested because they're outside. <laughs> <laughs> Anything could happen, or be. <laughs> I think there was some kind of a TV show that had some kind of a dome that came down. Yeah, there, there was. That was the title of the show. Yep. <laughs> it's like 15, 20 years ago? No, it wasn't that long ago. It was only a few years ago. They made a, might have made a new one. But, Walt, did you ever watch it? What was, I mean... No, I just remember the, uh, I remember the adverts for it. It was like some kind of notion where somebody wakes up this one morning... And discover that the entire town is encased in this dome, and the the adventure is to start finding out who, okay who put this down overnight. Why is everybody isolated in this town? Why is the entire town being separated from the rest of the world? So, and I, I thought to myself, oh, another disaster thing. Not interested. So I never watched a single episode. No, I didn't either. <clears throat> 
Um, okay, we're at the top of the hour, so I'm going to play a song, Gary Allen, Every Storm. We'll be right back. Uh, this is Cosmic Reality, second hour, November 15th, 2022. My name is Nancy Hopkins, and with me is Walt Silva, Dolly Howard, and Nicholas D. Um, okay, I just clicked on something that turned out to be a video that uh, one of our chatters had put in about the flat earth and stuff. So I'll try to include that in the uh, description of the shows when we get them up into the archives. <laughs> All right. And, of course, I've got you guys muted. And I'm un unmuted you now. So um, everybody's back, I'm assuming, yes? Yes. Yes. Okay. No walls. You there? No. Not oh, yet. yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. So come on, guys. Tell me what you'd like to talk about. You have nothing on your plates. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> did you, have, Nick? Uh, did you have any any more experience with your resonator? Uh, I had a few. Well, Walt sent me a um, an AC resonator with a glass and what is it? The Walt Mika. 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 The enhanced glass resonator, and. Uh, three or four times when I focused on it, I felt this rush of energy down my spine. So there's definitely something happening energetically with that device. Um, it, nothing happened since uh, that I last reported to you, Walt, but yeah, it was interesting indeed. The, uh, I mean, it was clearly something got triggered with this uh, when I handled the device when I first got it. So it, it, it triggers some kind of an energy rush down my spine. I don't know what it is, but it's not, uh, it's kind of pleasant because I feel the energy rush, but still a mystery. So I'm experimenting. I'm going to uh, experiment more with the uh, device. Did I send you the programming instructions? I don't remember if I put yeah, them in Yeah, there's a description of uh, the device and how to use it. Oh, okay. You printed out the uh, the instructions. Okay. In case you, I thought you know, if you want you know further protection from your neighbors, <laughs> if you don't want, if you're concerned about the shedding, then you you know you can just program it to address all the, anything and any 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 energy situation that you're having. Yeah, I live in a, an apartment building. There's a about six six apartments in the building, and I had protection already for the the shedding because i've experienced it uh, firsthand when i became aware of this concept i was getting these weird headaches but the good news is that i'm i don't get these weird headaches anymore the uh, the reactions that i was having at first uh when i was exposed to vax people most likely when i went to the store because usually i'm i'm pretty isolated uh, I rarely get in contact with people, so my only big exposure was at the store, and I used to get these uh, these reactions right away. I would feel I would feel it, and then the next day I would feel sick. If I'd go to the store one day, the next day I would be sick, and I haven't had that for a while. So I guess the protection that I've been uh, putting up kind of did its job, and now I guess it's going to be enhanced with the hmm. uh, the AC resonator. Uh, I'll report any progress uh, I make with the uh, with the device. 
Well, now there's a dome of your own. You're in a fractal field. So I guess there is such a thing as domes. Because yeah, you are inside a dome out, of energy. The, <laughs> the, um, the field is, what, 500 miles, 540 miles? I mean, it's huge. From where I am in Quebec, it, it goes down to the States. It, it, in, it encompasses uh, the capital, Ottawa, where the parliament is. Ooh, yeah, that, that's how interesting. So that's a, that's a radius. So you have to multiply that by two. Yeah, you've printed out a map of the um, mm -hmm. of the oh, range, the, the, the effective range of the device, and mm -hmm. I could clearly see that. What caught my attention is that the uh, the Quebec Parliament and the the Canada Parliament in Ottawa are included in that uh, range. On, so, on the other side of the water, because you have the Great Lakes south of you. On the other side of the Great Lakes is uh, uh, one of my customers, and he just got uh, a Surya resonator. So his coverage actually goes up to where you are. So between you and him, you're, you're covering the Great Lakes from both sides. We're putting up the grid of our own. I mean, they have their 5G <laughs> grid. We have our energy device grid. <laughs> And the Shungite grid that uh, Derek has been, uh, you know, keeping a map of on, on his website. I mean, how big is the Shungite grid now, Nancy? It's worldwide. Worldwide, including Antarctica. I don't know about the North Pole. There's Shungite in Ar Antarctica. Yep. Wow. Who who went there with Shungite? I honestly either forget or wasn't told the story. But oh. Derek, Derek and I were once. Uh, talking about it and I said well is there any country that you know doesn't have it and he stopped and thought and he said even even uh, Antarctica has it so I don't think they have bees there Th there's other things there's other things about where Shungite is that people are just going to be like are you kidding me but it's top secret <laughs> can't be released yeah, for I a mean while there's probably lots of stuff happening in Antarctica, you know, when you have this no-fly zone over it, and it's like mi military protected. It's and one weird sight. That there's something happening there that they don't want the general public to see or to know about. Yeah, it, 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 it probably holds so many different secrets. Hey, maybe that's what Trump's going to say. And did you know that there are spacecraft in a whole different civilization under Antarctica. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> no, that place is really strange. And you don't, you get a lot of just weird, bizarre stories. Like the one that sticks in my mind is this group of people <clears throat> that were sent in to an area to pick up some scientists they could well actually they at first i think that they couldn't find the scientists but then the scientists showed up and so there was like an emergency evacuation to get them out and this military guy that was flying this thing he's telling the story so they get there and they pick up the scientist and they said that they were that nothing was said between any of them on the trip back they just were looked freaked out totally, and they wouldn't talk to one another. So something had happened to them that was very, very impactful 
on on those people. And and I mean Buzz Aldrin, you know, he had a heart attack down there. Whatever he learned. Or whatever he saw. Or whatever he saw. It could be that they saw some reptilian being or some scary creature. Who knows? I mean there's a, there's that one guy that um uh oh what's her name? Uh Fulton uh Moulton Howell. What's her first name? Uh, couldn't it be Linda? Linda. 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 Yeah. yeah, thank you very I much. I couldn't get unmuted. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. She yeah. had interviewed a, a soldier who had gone down there, and they found this huge door. There's actually a picture of it. Was it a picture or a drawing? Well, I think I've seen, I saw the drawing, and then I saw something as the ice was melting in this one area that kind of looked like that area. So, but I think he, he just he just did a drawing, but they went up to this obvious kind of door, and he said, I think he said that doors were eighteen inches thick, but all you had to do is push your hand put your hand on them, and they would virtually just swing open. And once they got inside there, they had these weird walls that had all sorts of hieroglyphics on it and a green light that seemed to come from the walls. Uh, so, I mean, there's so many different stories about this stuff that you just don't know. And it was interesting when you asked Solaris about um, uh, ex-politics, -po -po um, what's his name? Michael. Michael. Osama. Oh, Dr. Sala? Yeah. She said that she didn't think he was really on target. Let's put it that way. But about what? Everything. She likes. But I didn't ask the question. What? Okay, so if he's not on target, okay, what is the correct data? I mean, what do you know? Different from what he says, or different from what he knows? I didn't ask. Yep, we should have asked. We'll have to have her back. I wondered if what was going to ask. I was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good show. I hope everybody, everybody who hears my voice gets to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. King of Antarctica, uh, uh, you want to add something, Walt? No. Sorry. Sorry. The uh, I, I caught a bit of the uh, latest Chronicles show that you play, Nancy, and uh, you were talking about, uh, you folks were talking about Antarctica, and it was said in the show that uh, it, I think it was uh, um, people fleeing. Oh, I think Walt was talking about Mars, people fleeing Mars and coming to Earth and being in, in Antarctica. And that kind of uh, made me realize that the uh, the second Star Wars movie, The uh, Empire Strikes Back, that came out in 1981-ish, um, the rebels were on this ice planet hiding underground. You know, and, and the more we look at, at things, the more we find out that, or it looks like the Star Wars movie is kind of a disclosure thing. There's a lot of stuff that seems to be true that is being portrayed as fiction in the movie. And just realize that, wow, the rebels in this Empire Strikes Back movie are hiding underground on an ice planet, just like Antarctica 
I mean, these people would come uh, to Earth and hide uh, underground in Antarctica, which, like, in a similar um, climate than the Star Wars movie. I thought that was uh, that was. But uh, at the time that they came to the planet, uh, <laughs> Antarctica was not an ice continent; it was a tropical landscape. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And do, do we have a time? A time frame for when that could have occurred? Uh, ask uh, David Wilcock. He's the one who uh, who claimed who, the timelines as look how many th- thousands of of years ago. And is is he talks about that uh, when Tiamat got destroyed? That's the planet between. That's now the uh, asteroid belt. When Tiamat was destroyed, they moved to Mars, but the war continued. So from Mars they came to the to uh, planet Earth. So there was a whole a whole lot of uh, in, in immigration moving up around from planet to planet in the solar system. So he says that's when the uh, uh, he gave a, he gave them a name. Um, pre-Adamites. Uh, the founders. Pre-Adamites. The pre-Adamites. Yeah, that's it. Now he he associated. Um, my understanding, remembering, he associated the uh, Atlantis landmass with the Antarctic. He because they they have well supposedly Nick, they have found um, creatures and fo- foliage that is you know not <laughs> subtropical and subtropical uh, underneath, and they, they they can maintain a, a like what was that guy saying? I think it was around 68 or 68 to 72 degrees always in, in, the temperature outside could be you know minus something and inside it was always kept the same this is uh Linda's uh guy I forget what she called him but you know who knows yeah pre-atomites he said that these were the people that had the uh elongated heads remember yeah Oh yeah, that's when you spoke about the uh, those hats that the uh, the priests wear and uh, the pharaoh in Egypt wear to hide the elongated skull. Exactly. Exactly. I've never heard that one before, so I thought that was interesting. Actually, that that's an old story. I heard that ye oh decades ago, and it was one of those. What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> this is crazy. Well, it's like, like, like for example, um, I, I saw the uh, a documentary with Drumvalo uh, Melchizedek, and when he talks about uh, the uh, the Pharaoh Akhenaten in uh, one of the museums in Cairo, there's a statue of Akhenaten, and if you stand next to the statue, your head comes up to his belly button. And he says, wrongfully so, people think that, that this statue of Akhenaten is just uh, the way the, the artist visualized the pharaoh. And because the pharaoh is so great, you make this very big statue. He says, no, this is a life-size statue of Akhenaten. This is how high he was. This is how tall they were. His, 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 he, he, his face came up to his belly to uh, Akhenaten's belly button. 
that's how high they were. That, that's and so they were obviously of Anunnaki bloodstock because they had the elongated skulls, and you can see that in the statues. That's another story that has a <laughs> has not been flushed yeah. out. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, they there is I guess partial disclosure in the form of movie because they are they are still playing that thing of we're doing partial disclosure like uh i recently there's a a channel where you can see free movies called tubi and on on roku and i just recently saw a film called the gods of uh, of egypt and they talk about the gods of egypt and like people believe they were gods but obviously you can see that they're not gods they're they're people consider them gods because they live for thousands of years they consider them gods because you can see that they control some kind of technology that allows them to morph and you know fly and and their um people standing next to them their head comes up to their belly button so people look small uh, people look like children next to to these uh, uh egyptian gods and they're just you know from obviously from another star system but in any case people believe that they're gods because of so they present in the story at the beginning they present uh, uh osiris and how osiris was betrayed and killed by set and how the story goes on and you know goes on from there and the and horus this is the sun and uh, his eyes get taken by set so the but it's interesting that in all that fiction, they actually slip in something that people don't realize. That yeah, there were gods on Earth, but it's just that they weren't gods. They were just extra extraterrestrials playing the role of God. Like, for example, um, and again, the Drumbala Melchizedek published some of the photos. For example, the... Uh, the Hathor was supposedly an Egyptian god, it, and they were supposedly, you know, uh, they spoke with the people. And you can see when you see the um, the photos, and you see the the photos of the statues and the reliefs that were made of the Hathors. You can tell right away they were not human because of the location of the ear and the shape of the face. Yeah, these people they may have looked human, but they were not. It doesn't take too much of an examination to see that they were not human. And according to the raw material, the, they, they were uh, sentient people that came from Venus, that they are living alive and living in Venus. And their job was to educate the people there in, in Egypt. So uh, you start putting the pieces together and you can see how, how extensively they lived here and all the work they did here and in it educating the people and forming things and it's, it's like for example like the people that say that the um, pyramids were not tombs and they weren't they weren't they were devices they were machines and you know in the present the archaeology wants you to believe oh yeah this is the tomb of so and so that's a tomb of so and the uh the so-called Cheops uh, uh, pyramid is it's not a tomb and in the raw material, it, it describes in, in lecture of de detail what the different chambers were for 
and how they were meant to be used. And in that in that book by uh, Elizabeth Hayes, uh, um, uh, Initiation, and she describes how those um, those channels inside the Great Pyramid they were actually uh, used to make it rain, so they could actually uh, direct rain to where they wanted, either the north part, the, the south, the east, the west, depending where they needed rain to fall. Uh, they, that allowed them control of the crops. So it was never meant to be a tomb. But there's so much to learn. I'm going to change the subject. Change the subject. It's just a frivolity, but I'm going to share it. Um, I was laying in bed almost asleep, you know, between the sleep and the still a little bit awake. And the thought entered my head, what if the God I call my God, what if your God looks like the elephant God that they show on ancient aliens? I, it woke me right up and I started laughing so hard I had tears down my eyes. It really tickled me because it didn't scare me. It, it didn't... Uh, shake me to the bones or nothing it just was a curiosity and I thought well whatever God my God looks like I'm gonna accept I don't care if he comes down looking like half elephant or I don't care what he looks like he's been my God all my life so he's not gonna stop being my God no matter what he looks like it just was it just was a thought that I wanted to share with y'all. Well, what, I don't know what, why. What what what, what 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 image are you talking about? Because I don't remember a God image that they put up on. Uh, are you talking about like the Mexican God image of what's his name? If it's this? an elephant, it sounds like Ganesha in India. Yeah, it was in India. It, his head was an elephant. But his body was human. Oh, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. The one I, the the one I have, uh, sitting on my <laughs> fish tank. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's an incense holder. Oh, cool. That's weird. That's very one weird. One with many arms. It's like yeah. an elephant head, human body, but bunch of arms. Yes. No, it doesn't have a bunch of arms. No. It's two arms. But it has a, hu a human body with an elephant head. Wait a minute. i got to get up and look at this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's what Walt said. <clears throat> it was with some other Indian god. with You know, the one with uh, all the round, like 10 or 12 arms. No, that's a different one. No, Walt no, it's is not Walt that. is right. It's an elephant's it's head on a human yeah. body, and it's kind of like the Buddha body with an elephant head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of um, the one that they've put up as a statue at uh, CERN, that uh, Indian god or Indian the figure. Indian god no, that's, of Kali. Yeah, destruction. Yeah. No, I can't, and I can't remember what's this called and what it meant. It, it, somebody brought it to me. 
Ganesha. Yes, 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 yes. And what does what's the symbolism? Well, what what does it represent? He or she or. Uh, although Ganesha has many attributes, he is readily identified by his elephant head. He's widely revered, more specifically, as the remover of obstacles and thought to be bring good luck, the patron of arts and sciences, and the deva of intellect and wisdom. As the god of beginnings, he is honored at the start of rites and ceremonies. Ganesha is also invoked as the patron of letters and learning during writing sessions. Several texts relate mythological anecdotes associated with his birth and exploits. Well, I'm glad he's here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very interesting. So that's, I guess that's why they, um, they uh, worship him in uh, theater, because he would be involved in the uh, arts and sciences. He's patron of arts and sciences. So, Dolly, you think that your god might look like, what's, how do you pronounce that again, Walt? Ganesha. I have no idea what my god Ganesha. looks like. All I know is he loves me and I love him and I love Jesus. And except Jesus is my brother. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Thanks for sharing that, because now I've got a deeper appreciation for this character that's sitting right over there. Oh, good. See, I didn't know why I had to share it, but I had to share it. There you go. Always listen when you're being told something. Yep. Listen, and if it's something they're telling you to do or not do, you better do it or not do it. Yeah, I learned that a while back. Well, um, uh, Harris Faulkner from Fox News has written a new book, and it's called Faith Still Heals. And she did a special on Sunday night, but I'd heard her reference some of the stuff in this, uh, on this book. It's just, it's just being published now. I think it went out today. <clears throat> if you want to... Feel hear this hear the good stories. If you want to hear the good stories, I recommend that you get your hands on that book, because they t she talks about like there was this one woman, and I don't remember. I I didn't understand the uh, ailment she had, but she needed a breathing machine to breathe, and she couldn't even walk, and she's in church and. The pastor said, you know, throw up your arms and give yourself over to God and allow God to be a, a, a healer. And she did that. And the next thing she did was she pulled out the connection to the breathing apparatus. And her husband was sitting next to her. And he sees her do this and he's absolutely freaked out because that would normally uh, result in her being, you know, dying. Because, I mean, they this has happened where the machine went off and, you know, I mean, she goes into a, a death spiral. So he's freaking out, and she's just sitting there smiling at him, breathing on her own. And he's sitting there like, oh, my God, I just, you know, it was interesting hearing him, you know, it's like, 
oh my god i just saw a, a, a miracle happen and so he's just sitting there he's not jumping up and screaming she, it's a miracle he's just sitting there she's just smiling and then um i don't know if they were getting up to i don't know why they got up but she got she started getting up and he was getting her walker and she said no i don't need it and she just started walking and it she never went back to her old state it was a true miracle there was another story of this tornado a cat five that came through and killed i think six people went ran right up this this street that this neighborhood was on and this one woman survived even though her entire home had come down and there was nothing around it was all just rubble there was no standing building except for one room and that room she had made a very small room and she called it her prayer room and over all the years of, of living in that house she had used it as a prayer room and she got in there and survived this cat five going right through everything else the room was the only thing standing. So, I'm not exactly sure why, but another story was on George Patton. And she was actually talking to George Patton's grandson. And they, they, it, it was very interesting in that she was, giving uh, sort of a history of George and also, you know, going back and forth between the, the grandson. But Patton prayed all the time, apparently. He carried a little prayer book with him that the, the grandson still had. He had a Christian cross on it on his that he wore since his mother gave it to him when he was turning, you know, like into his 20s. And it said, for mother... And now the grandson was wearing it. It, w it was just fascinating. <laughs> because I think I know quite a bit about George, but this part, this aspect of him, I mean, he was a, ma a master uh, metaphysician. Uh, he knew an awful lot of the sphere of destiny. You know, we've talked about that. He was, he was believed in reincarnation. He could remember being on battlefields, especially in Africa. Um, he apparently had fought on battlefields in Africa before and, uh, you know, Roman centurion and this sort of thing that, that was part of his. So he, he was a, definitely somebody of my ilk. Um, but it was just fascinating. And the synchronicity, the, you know, well, why are you talking about Pat? Why are you talking to his, his uh, grandson? I had a funny thing happen at Fort Hood. I was down there, I think I was on an official, yeah, I think it was an official uh, thing, but I also had friends there. And we, we, were, we were in a bar, and I was pretty stinking drunk, to be honest with you. And this captain came up to me, and he says, um, Lieutenant, do you want to meet with the uh, commander tomorrow? <clears throat> and it was so funny because we we had been playing this game and it was probably I mean it would be nothing game today but it was somehow a tank you know 
not a virtual and that you got the glasses on, but it was this game that you were playing where you had all these tanks. And so I'm playing these tanks and stuff when this guy came up to me. And I think that maybe I had triggered, uh, men because I was drunk, I had triggered Patton because the captain came up to me, would you like to meet the, the commander? And I said, I don't even, I think it, I, it was his, his, his son, George Patton Jr. was the commander, Patton's son. And he looked at this captain, I looked at this captain, and he said, I didn't like him when he was my son, I don't think I want to meet him. <laughs> and I was like, it kind of like sobered me up when I heard the words come out of my mouth. And the guy looked at me really weird, but I never did meet him. <laughs> that would have been an, an interesting thing. Uh, yeah, but... So did, did he knew about your patent past? No. Okay. No. So no. No, he, he didn't, didn't really understand what you said? No, no, not at all. You know, my, the people that worked directly with me, um, they knew about the patent connection because... Uh, I understand that I was somebody who was not, I was not, I did, I should not have had the war information, the strategic information to play the games that we play when you're in intelligence. I shouldn't have had, I didn't have any background in that experience, but I could access George Patton. And so I would do it very often because it was a shortcut to knowing. But because I was doing it all the time, it was very easy to make that connection when I would, well, when I'm drunk playing a game that is, you know, he was probably having a good time watching me do it. Um, but, like, if if Nancy got in front of a, a, a four-star general, Nancy would kind of freak out. And at that moment, George Patton would step in. And then the, gen the general, what? My light came on by itself again. In your room right now? Yes. While well, you're talking about Patton. Huh. Ask, who is it? Who is it? Oh, I, I, if I say you're not going to believe me, it's Patton. Yeah. Well, when you said it, I kind of knew it was. Oh, <laughs> he says, I have... I have fun playing in her. <laughs> you will know what I'm saying. Nancy will know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> I had to tell you. Ask him if I got the right uh, time for his birth. The right time for what? For his birth, because Nancy asked me to do the human design for him. So I doused what the time of birth was, and I got um, 4.17 in the morning. I'm listening. Give me a minute. I've never connected with him before. No, he's, he's saying that's not exactly the right time. Okay. It's more, it was a little later, more sunrise, it was what, it was sunrise. He's telling me six-ish, uh, it has a six number in it. Uh, 
Does the does the time does the time have that much um, influence on the human design? Uh, it depends on on a specific gate. No, so, so I've done some some of these where I've changed the the time quite a bit, and um, there's no change whatsoever. So it, it all depends it, on. It doesn't have any. Which is really wow. It doesn't have a damn difference. Okay, so he was a one three then. <laughs> so he had to live with the trial and error process all his life, and he doesn't conscious just. So he was a a, a an uh, investigator. He says you learn the best lessons by making the mis- a mistake the first time, because then. You look further into what is going on, and you learn uh, more better how to do it. Yeah. And he tells me I have bad grammar. What? <laughs> Trying to listen. <laughs> Ollie, may I ask a question to Patton? I don't care. Go ahead. Uh, we've heard in the past that Trump might be related to Patton. So is it true? Is Trump related to Patton? If it is, it's a shirt string way far away. He says, I don't get into that. But if it is true, it's a shirt string relationship. Even he's saying it might be true. (laughs) They didn't have DNA tests at the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, when I I was... um, after I, I watched that show, I was uh, I asked Walt to, to do his design. I was curious. And I was curious as to the deep spirituality that he had, according to what was presented on the show. So I said to him, I asked him, I guess, I said... Um, you know, where did this spirituality come from? Was it the religious background type of thing? And he said, no, it's much deeper than that. And so then uh, I, I stopped talking to him for then because I let these things set. Because normally if I ask a question of any of my guides um, and they give me that kind of an answer, it means, you know, We'll show you. There's more to come on it. And that's what I felt. There's more to come on this thing. So I thought about it and I thought, oh, well, he knew about the spear of destiny. Is is that's what he's is that what he's talking about? You know, the the fact that he understood the deep, deep, deep uh, metaphysics that was involved in the in the whole story of World War Two. And so I'm kind of like pondering this, but it was just now when you were having that conversation, all of a sudden I I w- was in I, I'm, I'm like remote viewing, but I'm remote viewing Patton as he experienced something. He and um, Eisenhower were attached to the same tank unit. 
between World War One and World War Two. And the two of them were standing talking to one another when a huge cable snapped and just took off and virtually was within inches of decapitating both of them. And he said, he's, he's letting me know that that was the, let's say, in quotes, metaphysical event where he knew that he was somebody extremely important. It was like, pay attention, boom. And um, that leads me to wonder about his relationship with Eisenhower that was always a complicated relationship. And I, I, I knew this episode, but I hadn't even thought about it. But apparently, he felt like, you know, that made him pay attention to his spiritual self. Maybe... I, well, I, I'm, the, the, I'm, I'm, wait, wait, well, I'm feeling like, right. I'm feeling like um, he may have moved himself and Eisenhower like inches away from where they were standing. In other words, he got some kind of a messaging that just, and he probably didn't think of it as a warning, it was just, uh, okay, let's just... You know, and and so there, he had some participation in the survival, in that he listened and moved. Is what I'm getting, and that's when he knew he had a connection to a higher self that was protecting him. I think, which answers a lot of questions about a lot of the things that he did. I mean, this you talk about a mission-oriented guy. This was it. You know. He had a defined splenic center, and the splenic center is what tells the gazelle there's a there's a lion stalking you from under from the underbrush. He that the defined splen center is is his job is to keep you safe, and uh, to you feel good, and he feels you're protected. It's what's telling you like that ladder is going to come down now, so get step out of the way. That's the job of the splenic center. Well, and I just think run the. I think that's why he could stand up in a motor car. Why he was always the front. He 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 he, he, he didn't protect himself. He felt he said that he thought that if to be a leader, that your troops had to know you were out front. But it was he was fearless, and he was never. He was shot once in World War One, I, I believe. But other than that, in World War Two, he wasn't touched, and he's the, he's you know he's got to be a prime target. But if you if you felt that you're protected like he he felt he was protected, it was no game, you know, no problem here. Yeah, the only difference uh, between the time that I doused and the time that Dali uh, says, like 6 a.m., the only difference between those two times is that uh, in at 6 a.m. he has an undefined head center. So like like the rest of us, he he feels under pressure to think from the collective. Before at 4 a 4 a.m., the head center is defined, so he's the one who's generating thought. He's the one who's people like that are putting the rest of us under pressure to think. So that's the only difference. Uh, everything else is the same. 
Well, to be honest, that sounds more like him. It, does the uh, cross change? No, it's the same right angle cross of explanation. Read, read the cross thing if you've got it. Do you have it in front of you? Uh, yeah, I'll go get it. Uh, okay, in the meantime, he's telling me to tell you that his relationship with Eisenhower was like what we would say a love-hate relationship. Yeah. But they knew they needed each other. It wasn't necessarily a want. He says we had to interact because we needed each other. And that makes sense. You know, I mean, because when he slapped that soldier and then slapped another one, they wanted to get rid of him at, at the, in World War II. And Eisenhower went up against them all to keep him. So, made him apologize, but didn't fire him. Mm. Okay, I got you. Uh, do you want the explanation on the uh, incarnation cross? Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, his incarnation cross is the right angle cross of explanation. Your cross has the energy that is driven to provide explanation to the world. This is not always an easy task before you are because you are trying to explain what you already know. This is very individual knowing, and as others are trying to understand, you may want to stop and just say, I know because I know. More likely, you will continue because you are driven to get this information across and thus keep explaining. Your mission is to bring this individual thought to light as what you are trying to explain can be a stroke of genius. So that's why I sent you the emails. I asked him if this is correct for him. Yeah, that, that, that sounds right. You know, um, but the open... Head center was that what you were talking about? The uh, if if I run the chart at six a.m., uh, the head center is open, so uh, he he would be like us uh, being he we would be like he would be like us in the sense that he would be under pressure to think always thinking of uh, answers to questions going through his head. And the other one. The other one, the head center is defined, meaning that he would be putting the rest of us on the pressure to think. He would constantly be processing, he would be thinking of thoughts, uh, uh, producing inspiration. He would be the, uh, like, uh, let me get you a better explanation. Catalyst. Uh, hold on a second, I have it right here. Okay. Head center. The head center is the pressure to think. This is one of two pressure centers. The other is the root. It is the fuel to think through uh, questions, doubts, and confusion. The defined head center has the ability to be inspirational. When it is not trying to figure out its own life, its perspective can bring information into the world. That's when it's defined. When it's not defined, the undefined head center is taking in everybody else's thoughts and amplifying them, putting them in pressure, in putting incredible pressure in your head to figure things out and to act on things that have nothing to do with you. The wisdom here is to witness your mind needlessly getting caught in mental ideas and concepts that are not yours. The open head question is, 
Am I trying to answer everybody else's questions? The answer is you don't have to. That's the only difference between the two uh, uh, birth times, 4 a.m. and the others for 6 a.m. Interesting. Hmm. Anyway, uh, what time is it? Oh, we've only got nine minutes left. And I, <laughs> and I did want to remind Dolly that um, I do believe that Oak Island starts anew tonight. Are we not going to watch it this year? No, no, we got to watch it this year. This is the year. This is this is an important important things will happen this year. You got to watch how you word things. You get hit in the back of the head like Dave does. <laughs> so, are they using the show for disclosure? I think it goes way beyond them using it for disclosure. I think that there's something down there when that we and when they find it, everything will change. Well, didn't you remote view it and you encountered this very negative uh, thing that I'm not going just... I'm not going to say it was negative. I'm going to say it was so powerful, so whoa, I don't think I want to get involved with this type of thing versus negativity. I don't want to get my hands slapped. Yeah, you know, like uh, Dave warned me not to look around corners. <laughs> and this was like a <laughs> corner I didn't want to look un look beyond. I was like, no, I, I, I'm not ready for whatever it is. So... Didn't some uh, other remote viewer got the same yeah, reaction? Yeah, within, within a couple of weeks of me doing this, see, they have um, boreholes, and the borehole has a pipe in it. And this one borehole, it seems to have more stuff happening with it. So I went down the side of it, and when I got to the area below that, they hadn't gone deep enough, there was a, a room. And on the other side of that room was something that was so big <laughs> that I didn't want to mess with it. And Two weeks later, I see this video of a guy doing the thing with, um, doing exact same pipe down the same way I did and from the Fireside Institute, and he had the same reaction. I don't know what's on the other side of that wall, but I don't want to know. <laughs> if it's so big, maybe it's a, it's a dragon. They're excellent guardians. That wouldn't have spooked me, Walt. Oh, okay. No, this, this to me is a device. I think it, I think it could be the Ark of Covenant. I w I mean I would I, it, it's the only thing I can think of that has that enormity of potential power. The same thing that they had when they got Gabriel, and I think there's one more out there. I think there's three of them. But that would that would make it a third Ark, because the Ark of the Covenant was found atop. Of uh, Mount Misada and a, and a whole team of psychics were there to see it. No, it's just that well, they couldn't that, physically no, not, touch that, it. Not necessarily the Ark of Covenant. There was an Ark. In other words, if, if this is, it's because the Knights Templar got it out of Jerusalem. Oh, true. You know? So that's why I'm saying I think there's three of them. 
Mm-hmm. And we've got the the spacecraft that they're calling Ark, Arks. But again, I I I don't know. What, well, Solaris has doubts about uh, Michael, so I'm I'm not sure. You know how far. <laughs> I wish I wish you had asked her the question. You know because who knows? Well, what, the, I mean, did the, the, anything the, stop you guys from asking question? <laughs> <laughs> you were having the conversation. I try to stay out of it. But the, there is other um, people talking about the Ark that they found in the Ukraine. That that was another, you know, goal of the of the Russians to get that thing. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's, <clears throat> it's extremely interesting. But there's something down there. They will find it. But I think they can't find it until the others are found or some or human beings are well it sounds from your description it sounds like they don't have the technology to be able to be allowed to find whatever's there because well, what you perceived as as powerful and as big as you described that's physically dangerous for it and for ignorant people to be um, tampering with well that's, that's what that's what I'm saying yep. that's what I'm saying it's a, it's a, well you know I mean like we ha- we can't get into it we've only got three minutes we do this we get into an interesting conversation at the end of the show. <laughs> um, anybody got anything three minutes? Uh, just to add to the uh, the Trump thing and you were saying earlier that uh, you were talking about military activity. Juan um, <clears throat> Osaban posted a, a video by Monkey Works. Uh, he's the fellow who's uh, studying the flight path uh, app, and he uh, pointed out, uh, Monkey Works pointed out, a large movement of uh, military on the U.S. Uh, he, he pointed out planes, unusual planes, moving troops around, so that could be part of the uh, military action you, you were talking about earlier. Do you have that link? Can you send it to me? Yep. I can put it in chat, and you guys can look at it. It's, it's about a 10-minute video, and, and Monkey Works uh, goes over the uh, why he thinks that, and it's very interesting. Uh, yeah, I still need about a half an hour of uh, shows for tomorrow's show, 5G, so anything else you got, just send it to me. There you go. It's in chat. In, in Skype chat? Nope. Uh, radio chat. Radio Watch chat. And paste it. Okay. No, no, that's fine. If you put it there, I, I go back and I look. Yeah, it's in the radio chat. All right. Say good night, Nick. Hey, good night, folks. Thanks again for having me. And let's hope that uh, this whole mess will resolve soon and that Trump's going to give us a good news. It's going to be interesting to see. And I did Indeed, pla- interesting. I, <laughs> I um, did put up a, um, uh, a link to the right side's video uh, you I don't know if they're on YouTube probably not maybe rumble um, but I did put the link up and it should be they should already be kind of filming it anyway um, Walt you want to say good night I guess not Dolly good night everybody oh, there you wake up in the new world oh. <laughs> <laughs> well I I think we are in the new world I just hope I wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Dolly. Good night, everybody. It's been fun. That's it? 
That's it. Love you guys. I got to go really quick. Bye. Love you much. Thanks, everybody. Um, right after this is the Shungite show that we did this morning. And tomorrow we're going to have Radio 5G. Be safe, everybody. Appreciate you. Teaching. Preaching. The unknown. 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 You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. Produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart as a mind.